What's going on, Golf Addicts? DB here with a full course breakdown of the Austin Country Club, the host site for the WGC Dell Match Play event. And I'm excited to get right into it. We're going to look at some player quotes here in just a second and some very key features of this golf tournament that you need to know. And at the end, I'm going to give you a must listen to strategy. Whether you're playing DraftKings or you're betting this tournament outright, you got to pay attention to this. But first, drop me a comment. I'm curious to know who you think you're, I want to know who you think is the best match play player in your mind. Like don't look at stats just based off of the golf that you've watched, whether it be Ryder Cup, President's Cup, this event. Who out there do you think is the best match play player on the PGA Tour? I'm very interested to see what the public perception is of a good match player. Drop that in the comments here on this video. And give me a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel if you haven't already as well. All right, let's get into this. I want to give you some things to know first. A little bit different approach here. Things to know about this golf course and this event. Austin Country Club has been the host site of the Dell Match Play since 2015. They did not play it in 2020. It was one of those events canceled by COVID. Uh, and it is uh, a par 71, 7,127 yards when they tip it out. It's a peat die design. That is key. We'll get to more of that in just a second. There is no strokes gained data at this golf tournament. And it's because, you know, it's a match play. So, like, not everybody plays every hole. It's obviously a different, a whole different scenario. So, no strokes gained data to look at, to go back and look at for Austin Country Club. Um and, and this is what you really need to know. It's 16 groups, or I think they call them pods, of four different players in each group. So you have 64, um, 64 players making up the field. And usually they put uh, the top 16 world-ranked players in each pod, and, you're, you're, and then they draw from there. So it's kind of a random draw from there. And you know we don't typically find out who's in what pod until Monday or so of tournament week. They do it round robin style, so you're going to be, let's say you're DJ and you're the number one seed or whatever in your pod. There's three other players. You're going to play three matches against you know, each person in your pod before being able to move on into, uh, into the quarterfinals. So what will happen is after everybody does that, they will go ahead, go ahead and, and make it to the quarterfinals, the Sweet 16, if you will, right? So you're going to have 16 pod winners. and you got to understand, like, this thing is highly volatile, highly volatile. For example, in 2021, only one player out of the top 16, one, made it out of group play and won their pod, and that was John Rahm. That's it. Now, it hasn't always been that volatile, but it's pretty volatile, and we're going to get into a few reasons why. So let's talk about some key features of Austin Country Club, first of all. Austin Country Club is a typical Pete Dye design. The fairways are more forgiving than it may appear. There's sightline things, uh, but there's plenty of slope. There's plenty of slope on the whole golf course. A lot of elevation changes, challenging greens, right? It's an older, classic-style par 71. And really, any type of skill set can play well here. That's what we've seen over the years. The greens are newly renovated, I think, in 2015 or 2016. Tiff Eagle, Bermuda. But when they play the match play in March, they still have some of that POA overseed kind of active. So you need to know that. The greens are smaller than average uh, on the PJ Tour rotation, but like I said, plenty of slope, a lot of runoffs. If you do miss these greens on your approach shots, that's one of, you know, Pete Dye is all about tricking you with sight lines, angles, uh, and then really from there, it's like approach play and around the green play and putting, that's what's key. While there are plenty of bunkers and water that come into play on this golf course, 
there are birdies to be had. And there are also plenty of eagles on the par fives here. So Austin Country Club is definitely a place that you can score. And, but you can also make a big number, and not every golf course on the PGA Tour rotation is like that. But Austin CC certainly has found itself to be just that. Form coming in certainly seems to matter as we look back over historical resort, historical resort. Oh my God. Historical results. Thank you. <sighs> Although we have seen guys like Kuchar, Kisner come in here, maybe not playing so well, but their match play prowess just overtakes everything and they end up playing well. Um, but, you know, this is, uh, it, this is a course where anybody can win. Like I said, you, you look at past champs here, there's bombers, there's short, you know, precision type players, players with great short game. You do have a lot of wedge shots into this golf course, so that's something to take into account. Um, it, it, can, it can play way more difficult if the wind does pick up. The Texas wind can start to blow, and things can get a little hairy. So that is definitely possible as well. All right, let's look at a few player quotes, just a couple today. Kevin Kisner. He's won this event. He's finished runner-up at this event before. He says, yeah, I would definitely say there's a difference in the way the strategy works. By the way, he's, talking to, he's, he's responding to a question about playing a match play event versus stroke play. He says, the format, how you prepare to play, and how you have to be ready to change throughout the match. I think that's one of the biggest things. Normally in a stroke play event, I kind of have the same mindset for all 18 holes, trying to, I, I know how I want to attack the golf course from the get-go, but added features are if someone's in trouble or if someone's played aggressive that I'm playing against in match play. I may have to change strategy on the go. So I think there's a huge different dynamic, difference dynamic one-on-one versus 72-hole stroke play against 150 other guys. All right, that's Kevin Kisner. Corey Connors says, yeah, it's my first time here at Austin Country Club. It's a really awesome golf course. I like it. Got a lot of tricks to it. I think there's a number of risk-reward holes where you can play aggressive. Yeah, I think it's a great match play course. Like I said, there's a drivable hole in the back nine, and a number of the par fives are within reach, so I think it's going to be a lot of fun. The greens stood out to me as being really challenging. There's a lot of slope on the greens, and it will be important to get yourself in the right spot on these greens to give yourself chances at birdie. And missing some of these greens in the wrong spot can be quite penalizing as well. So, you know, you can tell... Like I said, it's really about approaching these greens with these small little landing areas. It's about uh, making the putts when you hit it close on your partner. But when you miss these greens, it's about being able to get up and down and save a par right in front of your partner, too, when he, when he may think you're dead. Um, but the Kisner quote is interesting because when we look at you know, what I kind of think are uh, keys, to, keys to success or my favorite stats, um, obviously if you're going to go back and look at form coming in, I want to look at strokes gained approach recently, normally last 24 rounds, last 36 rounds, maybe is as far out as I'd go, uh, strokes gained around the green, same thing, strokes gained putting, same thing. Um, and, and I tend to not weight as much the Bermuda factor here with a little bit of the overseed. Plus like, I don't know, like I just want guys who in general have been long-term good putters because. When it's a match play scenario and they know they got to make one, they know they got to bank one, they, they got to you know, be aggressive, get it to the hole uh, for whatever reason because their partner's got them. Like I want guys who historically are just good putters. Uh, Pete Dye history, something I want to look at. Who performs well on Pete Dye courses, especially ball striking wise, so you can narrow that down on sites like Fantasy National. Um, you can go to fantasynational.com and get a subscription. Fantasynational.com slash TJ gets you 20% off. But you can narrow it down and say, tell me how guys have done off the tee and approach, uh, which is strokes game, ball striking on a Pete Dye course. Birdie or better is key and match play prowess is key. And I think going back to what Kiz just said, 
you know, understanding the different mindset, understanding that I'm not playing against anyone else other than the guy in my group and the guy in front of me. I'm not even playing against the golf course. I'm not playing against the field. I'm not trying to shoot a number. A double bogey hurts me just, you know, if my partner makes par, a double hurts me just as bad as a bogey does or a triple. Like it, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. It's all about playing that hole, that guy right then and there. And so if he's in jail, you know, if, if he, if he short sides himself in a bunker and I'm sitting in the fairway and I just watched it happen, I'm more likely to aim to the middle of the green hit my, you know, get my two putt more than likely and, and live, live on to the next hole. Right. And capitalize on my birdie opportunities when they come. If I know he's hit it in there tight, then I'm going to have to be aggressive. So the match play prowess and the match play mindset for these guys is very important. So you want guys who can, uh, who have proven to, to be good match play players like a Kevin Kisner. I think that's, I think that's pretty evident. Um, so, you know, you look at Ryder Cup, Ryder Cup uh, records, President's Cup records, uh, Dell, Dell match play records, of course. And I think that's just something you got you to gotta pay attention to. Now, uh, how you weight all that is interesting. Like, I don't get too bogged down in running the models this, on a week like this. I really don't. I mean, I really don't. I want to just see over the recent form. Let me just verify with my eyeballs and what the stats say that, you know, these guys are hitting it good right now coming in or chipping it good right now. And these are your long-term putters that are really solid. But at the end of the day, it's going to come down to when the pods come out, looking who's there and, and, and going with your, you know, going more, a little more um, with your gut or a little more uh, outside of the, you know, outside the chalk. I mean, I talked about how volatile this event has been in the past 2021, one out of 16 number one seeds made it to the next round. It's insane. So uh, I think that's important. Now, I mentioned that there was a key thing that you needed to know when you approach this thing from a betting and DraftKings perspective, and that's definitely the biggest thing, is you have to know that there is a lot of variance here. This is not a sh like a stroke play week. Anything can happen, right? And we've seen it year after year. It's just like March Madness. Just like you do your bracket for March Madness and, you know, some you know, 15 seed takes down a two seed happens every year, all the time in multiple sides of the bracket. So embrace that number one, especially from a betting standpoint. But number two, if you're playing DraftKings, you are shooting yourself in the foot. If you are picking more than one player in your lineup from the same pod, that is dumb. And you are already suboptimal because there's no chance that both of those players can, can advance to the next round. And a lot of, if, especially if you're playing the larger contest, a lot of those uh, public, you know, very public, uninformed or ill-informed uh, players in those, in those lineups, in those contests, will do just that and shoot themselves in the foot right off the bat. So don't put two players in your DraftKings lineup that are in the same pod, meaning in the same group of four that are going to start the week. Also, as you start to narrow it down, you have to start thinking about like which, I don't know what they call it, like which... Uh, which region or whatever, you know, like which group of um, cl what, which cluster you're going you're gonna to pick your guys from. You, you got to be careful with that too. Obviously, the best you can do is have six of six make it to the elite or, or make it to the sweet 16. And then from there, uh, you know, you're, you're, nobody's going to have a perfect lineup. Obviously, for the final four, you're only, you're, the best you can do is have all four, which is almost insane. Like that, that is, I don't think I've ever seen that happen since DraftKings started offering uh, contest for this. I don't think I've ever seen a lineup where all four players made it in the same lineup. So, you know, I mean, if you got two of the guys in the final four, you're probably doing great. 
but don't shoot yourself in the foot by taking too many guys from the same pocket or the same region. That'll make a lot more sense when you're looking at the bracket and you're looking at the pods and you can go, oh yeah, okay, well, yeah, I don't need to take these two guys up here, even though they're in a different pod, but they're in kind of the same region because if they end up playing each other, you know, there's no way they can make it to the final eight and to the final four, so on and so forth. So that is huge. Do not make that mistake, okay? Do not make that mistake. From a betting perspective, I don't know. I, I think, again, you embrace the volatility. We haven't seen a whole lot of long shots win here, which is kind of wild to think about when you consider the volatility. Um, I think Kisner won at like 70 or 80 to one most recently, but we've seen a lot of shorter numbers hit. I, I, I think that's probably, I, I don't know if that's really signal. I, I think this event could definitely be won by a long shot, but all I'm saying is embrace the volatility, uh, understand who's a good match play player, and um, you need people who are coming in hot, ready to make birdies, because you're not going to make it. You're not going to win seven or six matchups, you know, to progress to to be the the guy holding the trophy at the end. If you're making pars, that's just not going to work at Austin Country Club unless the wind's blowing, you know, 30 miles an hour. So that's that's all you need to know for Austin Country Club and the WGC uh, Dell Match Play event. And nothing you don't. Give me a like. Give me a, a thumbs up there. A subscribe here on the, if you're watching on YouTube. If you're listening on Apple, uh, how about a five star review? That would be nice. It's free. It takes you like four seconds to do. All right. That would help us out. And, and like I said, leave in the comments. I want to know who you think perceptively, who is your match play guy? Like, and Kisner's, a, don't say Kisner. That's a freebie. Give me somebody else that you like have this memory or you have this thought that like this player is a good match play player or probably a good match play player based on some experience. I'm very interested to know what our public perception is for that. I'm DB. Come back. Let's go. Bend over your bookie. May your screens be green. See ya!